All right. Um, in terms of what's going on on the Chinese interference front, um, Marco Mendocino, the public safety minister, announcing today that he is starting work and consultations on creating a foreign registry for our country, something that is long overdue in reality. Um, and the latest reporting, the uh, the story that came out yesterday with continued phenomenal reporting by uh, Globe and Mail reporters is that um, Canada denied a visa for a Chinese diplomat on foreign interference grounds last fall. The reporter on that story and the other stories on Chinese interference that you've been hearing so much about uh, the last week or so is Stephen Chase, along with Robert Fife, the two Globe and Mail reporters that have been leading the charge on this for that publication. Stephen, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. I'm glad to be here. So this latest reporting, um, the denial of the visa for the Chinese diplomat, walk us through that. It happened last fall, right? Yes, it was in October last year. Um, the uh, the Chinese uh, embassy in Ottawa, which has, I should point out, more diplomats in Canada sometimes than any other country, even more than the U.S. at times, um, replied for a new position, uh, and it was going to be the International Liaison Office for the Communist Party of China. Uh, I'm I'm. This uh, this set off uh, obviously alarms in Ottawa. Yeah, they determined that that was not a legitimate diplomatic position, uh, and in fact that was going to be used to conduct political interference operations. And they stamped denied on the application. Um, now, this is the first we're hearing about it. I'm just wondering about the process. I mean, I, I'm sure this kind of you know decision making happens all the time. Maybe not to the level of Melanie Jolie, who said she was involved in this. But um, should we have known what, what, I mean, the fact that we're finding out now, months later? Is that typical? Is that the way the standard works? Well, they don't normally tell us. I think they're telling us to try to demonstrate that they're doing some action. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, in the very same story, you will also notice that the Chinese government is still trying to make inroads in Ottawa, uh, and that was uh, part of the same story, um, that uh, a high-ranking Chinese uh, minister, uh, vice minister, showed up this week in Ottawa trying to uh, charm offensive, uh, given all the, strain, uh, strained, uh, all the strained relations with Ottawa and began uh, doing the rounds, meeting with, meeting with uh, deputy ministers, meeting with senators and trying to uh to win over to win back canada and get its help on a number of fronts so uh yes um we the the, the chinese government is very persistent they're trying to uh to repair the relationship but only on their terms yeah and uh, right now obviously uh it's a bit difficult for them given which it's not even um well just a year after they released the three the two michaels right. the men who were kidnapped in china held hostage for three years and of course, it's in the middle of this uh, massive debate about foreign interference in our country by Beijing. So, Stephen, I'm wondering. I mean, and them launching a, char- a charm offensive makes sense, like you say. They've got a lot of work to try and do. But what's the reception been like? Have they been getting a cold shoulder from some Canadian officials based on everything that's going on? I imagine some people would be like, "Yeah, let's just avoid that right now." Well, no minister would meet with this yeah. fellow, this Wang Shouen, who is the uh, the top-ranked Communist Party official, but also the essentially China's most important trade representative. No minister would meet with him. Um, some bureaucrats met with him, and uh, he met with one senator, but other senators refused to meet with him. So, yes, he was given a cold shoulder, and it's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty good assessment of, of where the relationship is right now, but he's basically radioactive for, for elected officials. Now, with all the reporting, it started with you. Your story came out, I think, is it two weeks ago today or one week ago today? I mean, I've lost track already. Oh, February 17th. Um, we, so two um, weeks. 
more than that. We wrote a story. Um, the first story was on Fe- uh, roughly February 17th. So yeah, about two weeks ago. Okay. Have we gotten anywhere? I mean, obviously it's caused all kinds of fuss and it's forced the government to take what I think are, are half measures. But um, have we gotten anywhere? And do you think it's going to continue? I mean, the pressure doesn't seem to be dying down in the least. No, this, this story seems to really have um, captured more of uh, the ordinary Canadian's attention than a lot of other things. And the government is really back on its heels right now. Uh, in classic uh, fashion, um, and this is classic for any government, really, they're trying to do as little as possible and see if it, it mollifies uh, their critics. Um, they have they have uh, announced they're going to move forward on consulting on a, on a, foreign, yeah. a foreign influence registry, which isn't the same thing as implementing it. It's just uh, talking about it. They've, uh, of course, announced the um, some sort of uh, secret behind closed doors reviews of, of uh, interference, which we will not be um, necessarily privy to everything that they find, because the prime minister can redact and hide it in the name of uh, national security. And, of course, they also announced they're going to appoint an eminent Canadian to look into whether we are effectively uh, dealing with foreign interference, but they haven't named that yet. Right. And it doesn't. it has not quieted the opposition parties. Uh, call for a public inquiry, for a full public inquiry, instead of these behind-the-closed-door type of investigations. And and if, if the hope is that this makes it all go away, it's just, it, like you say, it's not. It's not. It's just continuing to build. The pressure is always going to be there. So, um, I, appreci- I don't think so, yeah. It's a, we've, it's a, you know, it's funny. They've been in power for seven years, and one of the successes the government usually has is being able to control or at least influence the yeah. narrative. But they haven't had control of the story in Ottawa for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, and they're, and I don't think what they're doing is going to wrestle it back into control either. Stephen, thank you so much for your time. We'll chat again. I appreciate it. Great work on this file. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.